0: be back in the house been a couple weeks since I've been preaching and uh, it's good to get a little break but good to be back here Uh, if you remember Eric spoke he's from TMAI Eric Weathers Uh, that was a, a great message on the the Old Testament Great Commission in Psalm 96. It was a really good message. I was encouraged by it. Then, of course, in the evening time, we got to hear him again. If some of you guys were with us, if you're not, you can go always go online and listen to that. But Eric spoke that night on Ephesians 4, just the importance of preaching the gospel uh, and raising up leaders, and good teachers uh, in in different countries, so that they have. Uh, so much of the the world has lousy teaching, and of course, then there's not much transformation, and just the importance of raising up uh, good leaders who had preached the word of God, be faithful. Um, And that's exactly what we were doing in Italy, Uh, watching that be displayed uh, through the TMAI partners um, that came in. I got to meet, as I said earlier, got to meet uh, the pastor from Genoa, a couple pastors from there. Uh, And then uh, we got to also be meeting with uh, another man named John Luca from Florence. Um, And he uh, just started that friendship Last time we were there, we got to meet him in Florence, in his own city, and uh, of course he would love to have a bunch of us there. But we just said, hey, let's just be faithful with what we're doing in Rome first, um, and then, of course, we'll be. Are already invited, but we would love to spread out across the different places. And who knows? You know, maybe next year we'll have you know, different, we'll have just as much, maybe 200 people go, but we'll, we'll split them up in f- groups of 50 to different places, and uh, perhaps, it, you know, we'll have, like, some other six-week or seven-week base camp there. Um, it's just exciting, the possibilities, and uh, really, uh, as I said earlier, um, you know, I, much of this has come about because of prayer, so much of it, and, you know, we went to Japan years ago, and that was a result of prayer. People were praying. They weren't being boastful about it, we many times I didn't even know they were praying, and then when we decided to go, they said, you know, we've been praying for that country for a long time, and you know, we've been praying for Europe for a long time, and uh, you know, just, if, if you're there saying, man, I'm, but I'm, I'm praying for, for some parts of Asia, Southeast Asia, when are we going to do that, when are we going to go there, um, you know, God answers prayers, and he's, he's doing that whether you're there or not, he's answering your prayers, i don 't know if the prayer is so much Lord I want to go I pray that I can go as much as Lord, may your kingdom come be done in Indonesia, may your kingdom be come in Malaysia in different places around the world amen, and so with that um, there's just so much to share and i and i I need to be faithful with Mark fourteen so why don 't we go ahead and turn there where we're, uh, if you if you notice if you just Depending on what Bible you have, just a few more pages and we're done with this, this book. And we will be done, I believe, the last Sunday in April before I leave to London and before we leave to Italy, uh, at least a lot of us on the base team. I think there's about 65 people leaving for six weeks. So uh, that's going to be exciting. And then we'll come back and we'll, we'll start our uh, Lord's Prayer series and then we'll get into the book of James. All right, so Mark 14. Now the Passover and unleavened Bread were two days away. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to seize him by stealth and kill him. For they were saying, not during the festival, otherwise there might be a riot of the people. While he was in Bethany and at the home of Simon the leper, and reclining at the table, there came a woman with an alabaster vial of a very costly perfume of pure nard. And she broke the vial and poured it over his head. But some were indignantly remarking to one another, why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for over 300 denarii. It's like a whole year's wage. And the money given to the poor. And they were scolding her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you bother her? She has done a good deed to me. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you wish, you can do good to them. But you do not always have me. She has done what she could and she has anointed my body before him for burial. Truly I say to you, Whenever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. We'll stop there and we'll continue the rest next week. But the first point of this, there's only two simple points of this whole message. Okay, just if you're following with an outline here, the first point is you cannot thwart God's plan. Many of the religious leaders, if you remember, as we journeyed through Mark with this last year and a half, God's plan has been on schedule. He has gotten Jesus where he needs to be. The people, he's providentially put people around him that needed to hear the gospel and to be saved. Uh, And and you cannot throw at his plan. And so for over those so many months, they tried killing him in many different ways. If you remember, they tried killing him, tried to throw him off a cliff. They tried killing him in different ways and he got away, he snuck away. And the the Lord God preserved him. Um, in that, and, and uh, as we see here, they even tried to prevent his his, his, uh, his death even here. And, and, and God was saying, look, it's gonna happen exactly, exactly the way I want it to happen, and it's gonna go to schedule. The Passover is happening in two days. This is Wednesday, and the Passover is gonna happen on Friday when he's gonna die on the cross between two men, two sinners. And the Passover celebration, if you remember, it is on the 14th of Nisan, which is about Mar- uh, March or April, it's Easter time. And it, the night in Egypt, remember when Israel, when Moses is leading the Israelites uh, out of Egypt and into the, prom- to, to the promised land, and they, they had to escape Egypt that night. And you remember what happened? They had to kill the lamb, and with that blood, they had to wipe the doorposts. And so that the angel of death would come and he would pass over us, where they get the name, pass over that door or that household and, and they would be spared, they would not be killed. But the, the, those who do not have the mark or do not have the blood of the lamb, you could see the parallel even what Jesus is about to do for all of us, and they would be killed. They would perish into hell for all of eternity. And that, that is, they, they were to celebrate that. They were big on feasts. They had many feasts, and they were to celebrate that. In fact, it says in Exodus, when you would read Exodus, the, the family would gather around, and the little kids would say, Dad, why are we celebrating this? Why are we celebrating Christmas? What's the tree all about? And then you get to explain what, 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 what God did in your life. Why well, he saved us. He spared us. He rescued us from evil. He gave us new life. That's exactly what parents are supposed to do to their kids. They're always supposed, they're supposed to train them and say, this is exactly, mom and dad go to church every week. We are involved in church. We're going to Italy because we love the Lord. He's saved us for this. He, he set us apart for this. It's very important that we pass down generation after generation the things that, I can't wait to be a grandpa. I know I'm a dad. I haven't really, my kids haven't even gone to college yet. But I'm, you know, in the Lord's providence, hopefully I will be a grandpa and I'll lose more hair. I'll probably be fully bald by that time. And they'll say, "Dad, you know, Grandpa, what happened to your hair?" Well, let me tell you. There's this thing called Antioch Orlando in the church plant. It's made me bald because of all the stress, you know. But as the, as you as you gather around your grandkids, you get to explain this is why we live our life this way. This is what Passover is all about, right? Not only that, but the unleavened bread. And that was from the 15th to the 23rd. That was a long week. And they celebrated that with flatbread. How many of you guys like matzah? I like matzah crackers with hummus. Very nice Mediterranean meal. But the, (laughs) only like three people probably, I'm sure. I like that. They made a hasty escape and they celebrated that unleavened bread uh, for a whole week. And that's what was approaching. That's what was coming. And Jesus knew he was going to die. It was not a surprise to him. It was not a surprise to the Lord, to God. It was not a surprise to them. It was no surprise, no accident. This isn't. This is. You know, it, man did kill Jesus. There is a human responsibility aspect to that. Of course, they are responsible. In fact, Peter preached that on Pentecost Sunday that you are responsible for the Lord's death. But also by way of God's providence his sovereignty he made he allowed those things to happen he planned that, that that the roman roads would be just set up for such a time that when jesus died then the gospel would spread all over the place it was perfect timing we cannot thwart god's plan although many People try to stop it. In fact, you see here, I'll rattle off a few verses that show this, but Matthew 26 says, after two days, the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be handed over for what? For crucifixion. He knew exactly what was going to happen. Mark ten forty-five. what did he say? He said, I'm not coming here to serve, be served. I'm coming here to serve and give my life as a ransom. I know exactly why I'm here. I know exactly why I came. I'm not fooled by this. I'm not waiting you know, to see kind of what happens you know, oops, I just got arrested. He knew exactly what was going to happen. John 10, 17 to 18, he willingly laid down his life for his sheep. John 19, 10, if you remember, he was before Pilate and he said, all authority I have. I have the authority. I know exactly what's gonna happen. Pilate, you do not have any authority, but, but by what the Lord has given you. And so he knew he was in the Father's hands, although he was arrested by men. He knew exactly what was going to happen. Luke twenty two twenty two, 22, Son of Man is going, to be, is going as it has been determined. I mean, you can't get more sovereign than that. Acts 2, 23, Jesus was delivered up by the predetermined time and the foreknowledge of God. The foreknowledge of God is not God looking down the pipeline, you know, of, uh, of the future saying, oh, I, okay, I see that, I see this. That. It's a planned event. It's not just a, hey, he saw some things, like as if he looked in the crystal ball. He planned that to actually happen, so whatever he sees, he planned. You understand? There's a big difference. And so he, he knew exactly what was going to happen because he planned it. He planned that Jesus would die for our sins. And, and I, I think this brings great comfort because, you know, Proverbs 10, 21 says this, many plans are in the man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand, Right? And and we we read that even with our kids. I mean that was it's a verse that we we uh, we listen to often. We watch this little ten minute news program, and though there's there's many things that happen in the world, as many the news, the purpose of the Lord will stand right. I mean that's probably a phrase you guys will never forget, as you raise your kids as well. World Watch News. I love that because you know we all watch news, right? We all listen to news, and it's it's bad news. And sometimes I'm afraid, you know, as soon as we go on a mission trip, you know, a couple days before, I'm like, I type in the country, and sure enough, I'm like, wow, there's a lot going on over there. I do that to myself. Um, <laughs> but, the, but I have to remind myself, there are many plans. There are, there are many events. Uh, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. He is sovereign. And as we were flying from uh, New York to Rome... We, we got on the plane, and as we were flying there, I was, I, I, it's, a, it's very routine for me. And this is, should be routine for you as you get on the plane to go to Rome because on the way there, it's shorter, and you have to sleep. You need to sleep. It's important that you sleep. Don't just watch movies, eat their food, reject their food, put earplugs in, put an eye mask on, and yes, put your little mask on that we had for COVID, and that way it's all dark, uh, and, and, and you go to sleep. And that, that's a wonderful thing. And on the way back, it's a long day. You you get your six hours back, but it's just a long plane ride in it because of the jet breeze, and you 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 have a longer flight. It's 10 hours back that way. So anyways, I'm going to sleep, and it's probably about an hour in. I'm kind of in between twilight. You know, I'm kind of in and out of sleep, and, uh, you know, I'm not in Polaris, you know, laying out like all the rich people, I'm in the economy, so I'm just like so uncomfortable, and, and uh, I'm trying to sleep, and I hear in the back of my, in, 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 right behind me, she doesn't have a pulse, and I'm thinking, what in the world's happening? And I knew exactly, what was, I was like, okay, a couple of things just raced through your mind, thinking we're going to be diverted, and I'm wondering we're going to be diverted, because there's only probably about this much of a patch of green grass before we actually hit the Atlantic for five hours in and ha- and no man's land, and just a little north is Greenland. But I'm thinking, oh no, what's going to happen? Sure enough, this woman behind me has no pulse and they drag her to the back, do an hour and a half of CPR. We land in Nova Scotia, Canada. Sure enough, we're at the last patch of green grass and she dies. And we land in Canada and and all the, you know, the police come on board, the paramedics, I mean, they're working on her for a long time, I mean, she, and, and the 777s are big big planes, if you've ever been on those planes, it's the one we're probably gonna take to Rome, so, but they, they, have, they have big, they have the two or three bathrooms in the back, there's a little galley way, you can talk with your friends and stuff, and, and so they brought her back there, and they're working on her, and it's, and, and the, the whole plane is watching this, there's, thankfully there's seven or eight doctors on board, they're asking for epipins and et cetera, and there was lots of provision but to no avail, God had planned in his sovereignty that this woman came with a lot of stuff and she left with nothing. She left with nothing. And there's a very sobering moment on that airplane that you can plan your life. You, you can, you, you, and she was going to Rome with a friend. Her friend was in shock. She had to get off the plane in Canada. make some probably very difficult phone calls. And I and everyone else. I mean, you should've seen the people. I should. I, I of course, no one wanted to whip out their phone in this moment, right? But just the people as as, as the as the stretcher was two men, big men, were carrying this stretcher, this woman out, and of course, the blanket was over her head. And she wa- she went right past the aisle, the long aisle out out of the airplane. And people were just stunned. I mean, just their face. Like, just their jaw was open. Could not believe it. I mean, we never know when our last breath is going to be. We need to be prepared to meet Jesus. And that is, I mean, just mind-blowing that we think we are in control. We think we're in, these people the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders thought they were in perfect control. Hey, we need to kill Jesus. And so they tried to do that. God said, no, it's not the time. Then they said, you know what? This isn't the, this isn't the time either. Now they say, this isn't the time. Let's not do anything funny. This is the Passover. We don't cause riot. Because they knew that a lot of people liked Jesus and they probably were gonna be in a lot of trouble for that with Rome and lose their positions. So they said, look, now we're saying it's not the right timing. And God's saying, no, friends, it is the right time. You see, God is in total control. We have no control over our lives. It's an illusion. <laughs> we have zero control. We don't know the last breath of anybody. We don't know our last day. And not that we to live in fear. Actually, this is supposed to give us great courage. Because on that airplane where there are so many people that were so, uh, so distraught. And a lot, some of our people got to pray with people around them. Even the, even the flight attendant, this probably never comes out of their mouth, right? And she comes, and, and in that section, she says, stop everything and pray. The flight attendant. When things get that intense, man, people, their religion starts coming out. <laughs> right? But it's just interesting in this passage, this section right here, some try to hinder God's plan. But we're gonna see in a moment, one person submitted to it. One person submitted to it. It's a very familiar passage, but powerful nonetheless. And really the theme of this passage is that some tried to hinder God's plan, one submitted to it, because it's a matter of faith. This passage is about faith. And faith causes us to do some weird things. Some crazy things. Some things that people think are extreme. And maybe perhaps that's happening to you. But in this next section, point number two, one woman's devotion to Christ submitted to God's plan. And there's a contrast. John, is, uh, John writes about this in John chapter 12, which we can turn to in a moment. But there's a flashback here. And anytime like, okay, so there's, there's, there's an order to these to this gospel, and, and the, the gospel writers would pick and choose, of course different parts to make a point, and remember he remember these guys this is cool because we 're going to Rome, but the, Paul wrote to Romans specifically, but Mark also wrote to the Roman people about Jesus, so this gospel and the book of Romans would be very relevant to where we 're going you know at the time, and the whole Bible is relevant right it's for, for everything for life and godliness but but this, this particular book was written to the people in Rome Showing who really is king It's not Caesar, it's Jesus But he pauses, it's very interesting And, and as a Bible uh, student All of us are Bible students He, he breaks he, he's, he's, So he's, he's saying Okay, now the Passover is two days away And then in verse 3 He says, hold on, time out I want to share a story with you Because these knuckleheads are doing something here, Right? These guys are these guys are trying to, you know, uh, they're in the driver's seat in the car, Jesus is in the trunk, and they're trying to control life, right? And then and then and then and then this woman is saying, no 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 no, I, I want to do things his way. And he's saying, look, time. I wanna give you guys a, a great contrast and a flashback. We're gonna go back in time, Mark is saying. And then he says, while, we were, while he, Jesus, was in Bethany, and this story gets picked up in John chapter 12, and this is right after Lazarus dies and is, and is raised. And so Mary, uh, Lazarus, Mar- Mary, Martha, you know, they're sisters, remember? Do you remember back with Luke 10? Remember the, Mary is at Jesus' feet and Mar- Martha's frantic, same family, Now we fast forward at the end here and they're having a party and the party is being, the party's host is Simon the leper. Now this is different. Now in your Bible, this kind of confused me for a while when I was first reading the Bible. I was like, was this the same woman who's doing the same? Because they're doing very similar things but it's different. So in Luke 7, 36, this is a different story. That was Simon the Pharisee. Jesus is talking about This is Simon the leper. Simon is a very common name. In fact, Peter is, is Simon. So, This is a different story. They all attended the party. So Martha, Mary, Lazarus, there's probably others, and Simon the leper who was healed. So Jesus must have healed him at some point, and they're all having a party. And and meanwhile, Mary comes, and she she brings her her alabaster vial. And everybody's watching, like, what is this woman doing? Because you have to understand, this is is her inheritance. This is what she's going to live off of for the rest of her life. This is her security. Listen, this is her security and future. This is her security and future, and she poured. She broke it. She poured this expensive perfume. It was twelve ounces, one Roman pound. Twelve ounces from it was it, this. This oil was is an in, Indian plant, which was, was imported. It smelled amazing. I, 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 I. It, as I was reading about it, it would you just broke a little. Just a drop would fill the room, as you can imagine. Twelve ounces being poured out on Christ, the whole, the whole room was filled with fragrance. But not only did she anoint his feet, but also his head, the head to his, to his feet, he, he, because of the, the great gratitude of the past, of, of what Jesus has done in her life, she's like, he's worth it. I'll give, I'll, give, I'll give everything to him. I'll give him my future, I'll give him my security because of what he did in my life. Why did she do such a thing? Why did she do such a thing? People were, the, the, the reaction was, and, and you have to turn to John, and you, and you can see that in John chapter 12, this is, this is Judas. And you know what Judas is gonna do. We're gonna read about that soon, but Judas goes ahead and betrays Jesus. But in here it says, but Judas Iscariot, one of the, His disciples, who was attending to betray him, said, "Why was this perfume not sold for three hundred denarii? It's a. Do you know how much? Do you know how much money that is? That's somebody's salary. That's like a hundred thousand dollars salary. Boom. Hey, why would you waste that? Do you know you could do that kind of money? That is a lot of cash." And he says something absolutely ridiculous, doesn't he? Because you know his character. You know what he does with this. He takes some for himself. Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? And it's, I love this little part where John writes in verse 6. He says, now he said this, not because he was concerned about the poor, because he's a thief. <laughs> he finding the money himself. <laughs> we all know that. That's his character. You see, some of us can be more interested in how Jesus can further our goals than change our lives. And for Judas, he was looking at Jesus primarily as saying, hey, look, I like Jesus. I mean, people are given to him, and I'm his guy, his finance guy, manager. This is a great life. It's a good life. And I think we could do the same thing, can't we? We can look at Jesus as some sort of vending machine, some sort of, some sort of person in our life that just will enhance our life and, and, and you know, bring us, even if it is like more, like when I'm around the people of God, I have more peace. I have more joy, but I don't really know him. And I'm not following him so that my life would be transformed. I'm not following him because I need a savior from my sin. And that's exactly what these people did. But listen to this, what's, what's even more remarkable about this as they said this is a waste. What a waste. Why, why, why would anyone want to do this? Listen what J.C. Ryle says about this. And I think this is so true. I think he captures this very well. He says, sadly, these fault finders decry what they call extremes in religion and are incessantly recommending what they term as moderation in service to Christ. If a man devotes his time his money, his affections to the pursuit of worldly things, they do not blame him. It's not a waste. If he gives himself up to the service of money, pleasure, or politics, they find no fault. But if the same man devotes himself and all he has to Christ, everything, he spends it, And they scarcely find words to express their sense of his folly. This is what they say: He's beside himself. He's crazy. He say he's out of his mind. He's a fanatic. He's an enthusiast. He's a righteous overmuch. He's extreme. In short, it's wasteful. Let me say this: What Mary did is not a waste. It is not extreme. And what you do, preparing yourself to go to Rome, spending that kind of money to go to share the gospel with people who have maybe never heard the gospel, it's not a waste. I don't care what anybody says. You getting up early in the morning, like Matt Dean, like Heath, he works hard they both work hard. Many work hard. The whole, the whole team in the morning to set up. It's not a waste. It's not a waste. What you do for this church is not a waste. You coming home from work at night and you're tired and you're exhausted, but yet you come to Life Group, or maybe you're the host and you're like man, frantically trying to clean the house and trying to get things prepared and, and, and greet people at the door with a smile and say, you know what? I'm glad that you're here. It is not a waste. But I'm telling you the world looks at that as such a waste. You' are wasting your potential. You're wasting your money. That is not a waste. To cut a check for somebody who doesn't have the money to go. It is not a waste. You don't think you're going to going to see that in heaven? Isn't that what he told us? That your treasure's in heaven? It's not a waste, and I love this. He said, and I think all of us have to evaluate our own heart and look at what Ryle says. A cold heart makes a slow hand. A cold heart makes a slow hand. Don't ever let your heart grow cold. Why do you think Proverbs four twenty three says, "Protect your heart"? Make sure you protect your heart, then it's not hardening. You're not listening to what the world says about what we do. It is so easy. Oh, I want to go to seminary. I want to spend this kind of money. No, that's a waste. You wasted your potential. I want to spend money and go to ADS. I want to spend my Sunday nights for eight months to learn the word of God, to, to cut out time in my day, to read the materials, to, 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 tur- to turn in the work. But you're like, come on, man. I mean, that is such a waste. You're wasting your time. You could, you could get a raise. You could, you could get more money. You could be more successful. It's, it, it, just remember that, that it is not a waste what you do here. The five healthy circles of the church are not a waste. To spend time with God, to get up a little early, to go to bed a little earlier, so you can be with Jesus, so you can actually be a mom who responds well to your kids, it's not a waste. To be a father who could get up in the morning early to spend time with God, so he can be a Colossians three twenty three man and give glory to God eight hours of the day, and come home and still have something to give his kids is not a waste. It's not a waste. It's not a waste. If a man once understands the sinfulness of sin and the mercy of Christ in dying for him, he will never think anything too good or too costly to give to Christ. He will fear wasting his time, his talents, his money, his affections on the things of this world. He will not be afraid of wasting them on his Savior. He will fear going to extremes about business or money or politics or pleasure, but he will not be afraid of doing too much for Christ. That is what a Christian looks like, and frankly, that is what a woman of faith looks like. This is what a woman of faith looks like, and Jesus affirms her in this. And, and I love this. These guys are, they're all like, you know, and I'm sure it wasn't just Judas. We can't just peg Judas, because I'm sure the other guys were like, you know what? I mean, you, this, we're starting a ministry. You're going to leave us, and we have no money. And we can't just like sweep up the, the you know, the juice and put it back in the jar and sell it. people look at such radical devotion as a waste they can't comprehend it the only people that will be able to comprehend it are like minded people people are like oh I get that I understand that because I know God too anyone with a cold heart has a cold hand they're not going to give a dime to the kingdom they're not going to give a minute to the kingdom and listen to the affirmation watch Let her alone. I love that. You know, Jesus is a father, big brother, a man of God in the truest sense. Let her alone. Get off her back. Let her do what she's called to do because she sees something all these other people don't see. They see that I'm actually, This is like, is this the only woman here that understands what I'm doing for her? Is this the only woman here that understands I'm gonna go to the cross and I'm gonna die for these people's sins and all you care about is this money? No. She has the right priorities. She has the right priorities. And you know what? She actually gave to the poor because if you remember in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, Christ was poor for our sakes that we might become rich. She gave to the poor. She gave to the poor. What a wonderful thing. Pay attention to the Bible. You can see the little details and be encouraged by them. Because as soon as you say, "Oh, well, wait a second, because I know somebody, you know, there might be some, but isn't the poor important too? Yes. But our number one priority is to worship him. Our number one priority is to worship him. And I love this because again, this isn't the first time that Jesus affirmed Mary. Do you remember the last time? I already mentioned it earlier, but Luke 10, 38 to 42, it says she is doing the one thing that is necessary. Listen, I wrote this down earlier because it came to mind. I th- it was clear as day. She could spend her life on him because she spent time with him. She could give everything. She's like, I, it, it, it actually don't, it's like it makes sense. This actually makes 100% sense. It, 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 it does, because why? Because she was at the feet of Christ earlier, being with him, listening to him, enjoying his presence. And then when the moment came to spend her life on Christ, to give all she had, to, to be fully devoted, she's like, this is, it the, most, this is the most logical thing don't you see the correlation that you need to spend in order to, to, to do the radical things of God? I mean, all the, all the things that God's calling you to do, you know, it, it doesn't make sense if you're not spending time with God. It's, it sounds annoying. It sounds like a clanging gong. It sounds like, hey, come to Rome, do this. Can you, can you help out with this? Can you, can you come early in the morning and help out with that? No, why, why? It doesn't make any sense because you don't know God. That's why. Only people that know God will actually give their life to God. The people that actually spend time with him and we're busy in the kitchen, busy bodies, they actually know who God is. And they're like, this makes sense. I'll crack the whole thing. I'll give my whole life, my future, my security to him. That makes the most sense. If your heart is hard because you don't spend time with him. If, If you're just like a robot, they're like, oh, I'm going to the next mission trip. I'm doing the next thing. Don't do that because I'm telling you, soon enough, your hard heart will make a slow hand. You'll eventually be taken out. This woman knew God, and she, faith came from hearing the things of Christ, Romans 10 17. Otherwise, giving our life to Him and His purposes simply doesn't make sense. And to people who are lost all around us, even more so. She had faith. She had faith. She anointed Jesus for His burial. That's faith. And she just started off as a woman who sat at the feet of Jesus and Martha was like, get up and get busy. And Jesus says, no, you don't understand. By her listening to me, there will come a day where this will make sense. It will make perfect sense. And Martha watching there, would have said, I think I get it. He raised my brother. My sister just, there goes our inheritance. But we actually have an inheritance much greater than a year's salary. It's eternity. It's amazing. What are you holding back? This true faith doesn't hold anything back doesn't look back, like Lot's wife. doesn't look back. Let me ask you this, are you mocking anyone who's giving all? Maybe even in your own heart? You look at that as distasteful? Are you encouraging them? Are you being patient with those who mock your faith, who are calling you crazy for doing what you do? For buying a house in Oviedo, by picking a church first, even maybe before you even think about where your job's going to be, people are like, "What are you doing? It doesn't make sense." I, th- I thought we we're supposed to pick our job then our church. It's just crazy stuff. But I'll tell you what, she wasn't. In, she didn't get a bad rap, did she? I say to you wherever the gospel is preached in the world what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her and that's exactly what we're doing. Jesus' words are true and we're celebrating her again for the last 2,000 years. This woman's a hero and she's a hero for faith and I think a lot of people think heroes are made of other things, gifts and whatnot. Listen to what Ryle says and then we'll close The last thing I say is the true secret of doing great things for God is to have great faith. We talk too much about graces and gifts and attainments and do not sufficiently remember that faith is is the root and the mother of them all. In walking with God, a man will go just as far as he believes, no further. His life will always be proportioned to his faith. His peace, his patience, his courage, his seal, his works, all would be according to faith. And you read of these eminent Christians, Wesley, Whitfield, Vin, Simeon, McShane. I mean, I could go on and on. You, you are, and, and you're disposed to say, what wonderful gifts and graces these men had. I answer you, should rather give honor to the mother grace which God puts forth in Hebrews 11. You know that the hall of faith, you should honor their faith. You honor their faith. What are these men made of? Now listen to this. I love this, this part of the, I can imagine someone saying, well, they were just so prayerful. That's, that, that's why they were what they were. That's what, what made Whitfield. That's what made all these, these heroes of the 17th century. No, I answer, why did they pray so much? Simply because they had much faith. What is prayer but faith speaking to God? Well, perhaps another one will say, they were so diligent and they worked hard. They're hard workers. They're hard workers. That accounts for their success. But I'll answer, why were they so diligent? Simply because they had faith. What is, a, what is Christian diligence but faith at work? Another will tell me, they were so bold. That's why we just need more boldness. And then we'll be used. No, why were they so bold? Simply because they had much faith. What is boldness but faith doing its duty? And another one will cry, and lastly, it was their holiness and their spirituality. We just need more holiness. We need more spirituality, we need more spiritual growth, we know more books, and they gain that's how they got their weight in church history. And he answers, what made them holy? What made them turn away from sin? What made them choose Jesus over temptation? Nothing but a living, realizing spirit of faith. What is holiness? But faith incarnate. It's wise words. And that's why, that's why the disciples cried out, Lord, increase our faith. Because we need more faith, don't we? We need faith for Rome. We need faith for our own house. We need faith for our own where we live here, our lives. That's what we need. That's what this woman had. She had faith. These other guys, many of the disciples didn't. And I love that Jesus points even out women that they were so ostracized in that culture. But if you pay attention, it's like Jesus had all these women around, around him and, and, and even Mark, even to speak like that and to pause and say, time out. Oh, I know his story. I know your culture. Time out. I'm gonna tell you about a woman who had faith as opposed to these jokers in the passage. That's what God is looking for, isn't he? People of faith. He said that as he was returning the earth in the end times. Oh, will I find any faith on the earth? And he will. And I'm hoping it's you. Father, we thank you for giving us again another piece of, your word to, to put the puzzle together of who you are. And you showed yourself so incredible this morning and just your word and, and, and how Mark paused and said, oh, here's a woman of faith, not to stir us up with our own strength. Of course, that, doesn't, that can't happen. We, we don't get faith by emotion, by a song, by just stirring ourselves up. But faith comes by hearing and hearing the words concerning Christ. It's looking at you. It's being like Mary at the feet of Jesus early on. She was made for this moment, and we are all made for this moment as we spend time with you to give our lives fully to you, to give our future, to give our security to you. You're worth it. You're worth our banking accounts. You're worth our lives. You're worth our plans. You're worth everything. And she saw something in you that said, this is nothing compared to heaven. And like Paul said in Second Corinthians 5, he just knew that he was gonna get a new body. And he said, for the rest of my life, I'm not living for myself selfishly, but I'm living for him who knew no sin, who became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God and have a future in heaven. And Father, I pray that we would be that church that has great faith in you. And of course, out of that comes boldness, and out of that comes holiness, and out of that comes great gifts to be used. But relationship with you through faith is the starting point. It is the root that bears the fruit. And I pray that we would be uh, those people uh, until you return in Christ's name. Amen. All we worship him.